This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Welcome everybody to College Dame Day. It's another down week in Huskerland after losing to Minnesota, so... We will talk about that game um, and maybe hopefully look a little bit more forward to Friday's game that was just announced. But what were you guys' thoughts on the game Saturday? I was very sad. Yeah, there it's like that a uh, friend's quote where he's like, there are no words. There are no words. <laughs> so, yes, it was. Ugh. I just I don't understand how we're so inconsistent. And, like, this is a team that we should have beaten again. They're down 33 players. Bateman had opted out. We're playing them at home. I just don't know why we didn't have a better game plan going in. I just, I just, I don't even know. I don't know. Like, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Do you think the fact that Minnesota had so much time to prepare affected anything? Or do you think it's just completely we didn't show up? I don't think that if anything, I think the time off hurt them that they hadn't played in what 21, 22 days. They just mm-hmm. came in and were like, here's our game plan. We're going to run the ball. Like they just had a game plan. They stuck to it. And I don't know if we got tried to get like too fancy or what, but it, ugh, it was just bad. Yeah, it was really bad. It was frustrating, but just to look on the bright side as Amy is trying to, you know, help us do so often, I'll say that I thought Adrian had a pretty good game. Mm, okay. And, and I mean, I, so. I did. He wasn't perfect by any means. I thought he was fairly accurate with his passes. Not I as mean, deep ball. Well, when has that been accurate? When he was a freshman, it was very accurate. Talking like, about, like, this year. Like, I'm just saying, I thought he threw fairly accurately using him as a standard, his like year this year as a standard. I mean, he was more accurate than Luke was. I mean, he didn't throw an interception. So yeah, that's a plus. It wasn't Luke's fault. I honestly don't get, I think Luke and Adrian are very similar passers. I don't think Adrian's like the clear, better passer. I really don't um, like, no, that the pass Luke had to was Alan Austin. Um, it was not perfect by any means. Austin but, Allen. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Um, it, it wasn't. <laughs> that was not what you said. You said it backwards, but it's fine. We know who you meant. What did I say? You said Alan Austin. Oh, sorry. It's hard when you have two first names. I, yeah. I get it. Okay. But, like, it wasn't perfect. But, like, he kind of threw it to where it was, like, he was going to get it or nobody else. And his hand, like, pops it up in the air right into the Minnesota. Like, I don't know. I don't think that interception was on Luke. I I just I don't necessarily think that um, that Adrian is the better passer. Like I did, I don't think Adrian had an awful game, but like I just I don't get why Adrian gets the benefit of the doubt all the time and Luke doesn't. I I just don't think that like Adrian is the clear cut choice for you know to be starting every week and to be playing more minutes and he does, but he does still. I don't know. Well. Adrian did go 16 for 27, which isn't great, but 111 yards, one touchdown. Luke McCaffrey went zero for two with one interception. Um, 
I I actually I do think Adrian Martinez is better, um, whether it's seniority or the fact that he's gotten more playing time. But I don't understand as well Luke McCaffrey coming in off the bench, cold, and we make him throw the ball right away. Like to me, that just doesn't seem like we're setting him up up for success. I I didn't understand a lot of the play calling. I mm-hmm. questioned too taking the ball. That's something that Michael and I were talking about. I think even the announcers were like, that's kind of an odd decision that we would want to, in the weather, elect to take the ball after mm-hmm. we struggle so much. And we didn't, we luckily didn't win the toss last week and ended up not going on defense first. And look how much it flipped field position for us. Yet when the weather's terrible, we're like, no, let's get the ball first. I, I don't, I don't understand that. I just don't understand a lot of the play calls. I don't understand a lot of like the situational analysis that goes on. I don't know because again, I'm like, we knew exactly what Minnesota was going to do. We knew exactly what they were going to do, and yet they just stuck to it and they won. So I, I don't know. Do you guys think that maybe some of it is related to like overconfidence in our offense as opposed to the defense? Because I think the defense has been the much more stable aspect of our game, but it seems like at least from the play calling and, you know, just like taking the ball first and all of that, it seems like there's some kind of, I don't know, faith in the offense that's maybe misplaced. I have no idea. I really don't understand what goes on in there in, in Scott's mind right now. I just don't understand. Yeah. I agree with you about the play calling too, because at one point it was like, I don't, I think it might've been the third quarter. It's like whenever, you know, we never score in the third quarter. Like that's Uh like, if we could just remove that quarter from the games, we would probably, you know, have a much better record, but it's like in the third quarter, it's like Adrian just keeps throwing passes. Like, and I'm not putting it on him necessarily, but it was not working. Like it was like, he kept trying to like hit Austin Allen and he's like dropping it or he's, you know, there's miscommunication with the route or whatever. And it was like, instead of, okay, let's try something else. It feels like we get one, one play in our mind and then we just keep doing it over and over and over again. And I'm like, why Mm -hmm. don't, why don't we mix things up more? Like, why do we have to like, just hand it off to Wandale constantly and just, you know, ram it like ram, ram, ram. And like, it's not going anywhere. Like, they they know that we're going to keep doing that. And then it's like, when that doesn't work, suddenly the next drive, it's like, well, pass, 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 pass. And I'm like, why, why can we not, you know, mix it up a little bit and, you know, maybe like try some different things on the same drive. Like, that's what I don't understand. Like the play calling was very hit or miss for me. Yeah. And we, we still love to run that first play as our opening, opening play every time. And somehow we always manage to lose yards slash fumble on it. So. Well, I hate it too, because it's like, we're not the kind of team that has the confidence to start off behind the chains. Like you can't like start your drive that way. Like we're just not able to recover from that. And I just, I don't know. It's so frustrating to watch. The one thing I will say, I was really glad to see um, when we, you know, scored the touchdown with the pass to Austin Allen in the end zone, it was like, we ran like, you know, we were using Diedrich Mills. We were, you know, having Adrian run the ball. And then it was like, we mixed it up and we threw to our six, eight target in the end zone. And I'm like, that's how you play call. You know, I was like so excited mm-hmm. about it. And then it was like, okay, we well, are not going to see that again. Now we're just going to keep trying the same things over and over. And when they don't work, we're just going to keep at it and expect some different results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like we have set plays that we know we're going to run and we don't like adapt like what the defense is on the field. It's like, nope, we had our six or like, you know, six to 12 set plays we're running 
and we know them all before the drive starts, and that's what we're going to run. We don't care what the defense shows us information. We're just going to run them. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we come out, and it happens to match up pretty really well, and we're like, hey, this looks great. And sometimes it's like, what are you doing? I don't know. Yeah, it was like a lack of flexibility, which we're seeing yeah. because we, like, go into halftime. Other teams, we're seeing them make adjustments, and we do not. Like, I haven't seen us make adjustments all year long. So I do think that there is a just, like, a real resistance to being flexible and changing things in the moment. And I don't know if that's due to, like, maybe the coaches don't have, you know, faith that the team is at a point where they're ready to handle that mentally or if it's just like a stubbornness like no we have a game plan and we're just going to do what we agreed to do and we're not going to you know deviate from that right we've lost amy in a pit of depression (laughs) amy are you still with us i i'm here i just like i don't know i don't necessarily agree with everything like i i more think it's like a lack of like what we can do right now, like what we're capable of doing um, with the players that we have. Um, Not that we don't have like some star power in certain positions, but our line and like our blocking is atrocious. Like, honestly, like I think that's what we need. Like as far as like who to recruit and stuff, like everyone's focusing on the quarterback position and, you know, like throw the ball to one day. But like, have you seen like, some of our tight ends and like like wide receiver like have you seen how some of them block it's it's horrible like uh you know when Wandale and like I get Wandale's fast and stuff but like yeah and when you get an open field there can be some confusion which way do I block and what but it's just like that one time where we had um I don't remember what game it was I think it was Penn State where Xavier Betts like um he gets like a short pass and then he like like if he hits that hole going through the side just right he can score but like we've ran it several times since that first play and I don't know if it's just like poor timing or what but I don't know I just think our issues are so much deeper than just like play calling and I just think there's more more at more going on under the surface than people realize. And it's easy to blame the coaches for everything. And I'm not saying they're doing everything perfect, but there's just like, I feel like I always say this, but I just like Scott inherited a bigger mess than people even realize. Um, And like what he did at UCF, you're not going to do in the big 10. Like you're not playing the same teams. I don't know. Another thing too, I think is like, yeah, his record, if you just look at his record, it's bad. Like, I'm not making excuses for that. But when you look at the losses, yeah, there's a couple bad, like, blowouts and stuff. But so many of those losses are by one score or less, even just, like, maybe a couple points or less. And I feel like once we can start getting tougher mentally, like, pulling out some hard wins like we did on the road against Illinois that one time, if we can like put something Mm -hmm. together to start, I don't know. I think it's like, yeah, mental toughness thing. I really do like within the players and stuff, but if we start winning some of these close ones, like more than just, you know, like a fluke here or there, then I think we can change it around. I mean, that's my only hope because I don't see anyone else taking us back to prominence I really don't no one's gonna care as much as him and I don't think he's like stubborn to where he's like he won't 
he refuses to do certain things. Um, I just, I don't know. Yeah, well, it sounds like also you're saying that maybe there needs to be more of a focus on fundamentals. Yeah. You know, with the blocking and stuff, those are the kinds of things that, you know, they're little, but they make a huge difference. And so if you're not a disciplined team that's really grounded in the fundamentals, like those, all of the, you know, the best athlete in the world isn't going to be able to like, you know, overcome that as a quarterback or like as a running back, like they need the whole team obviously to be playing together and doing their, their Mm -hmm. part. Yeah. Um, And I agree with you, like Nebraska can't do better than Scott. Um, I don't think that the answer is firing him and like bringing someone else in. And I think that's, what's gotten us into this hole that we're in. It's like, we've had this. People are, I know know people are so stupid. Like this, like that mentality, like if it isn't like fixed right away, go away from it. Like that also hurts recruiting. Like kids don't want to come play for like a place where I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, there's instability. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So I don't think that's the answer. I think people are saying that because they're frustrated. It's like, they don't know what else to do. I mean, I think the answer is like what we don't want and it's, we're going to have to wait. Like we're going to have to just ride this out and and like give him more time and be patient. And it's like, but the problem is we've, we've been so patient. Like we've been patient for over 20 years. And the problem is like, we've had, you know, really horrible ADs that have just really like driven this program into the ground. And it's like so deep now we're like trying to excavate it back out. And it's like, it is going to take time. Um, But I don't think we're going to do better than Scott Frost. Like, I think we have to like support him, but at the same time, like, I don't think he's perfect either. Like, I do I think, think that not, there are ways you know. to improve and, you know, he's one of them might be like, okay, he may need to surround himself with people who are good at things he's not. And I don't, I don't know what his relationship is like with his offensive coordinator, but uh, he is not impressing me <laughs> right now. And so I'm like, maybe but I think maybe he needs to go. I think one of his faults is, yeah, like loyalty, um, which it doesn't sound like a fault, but like I get it because I'm, I kind of like feel the same way as him. Like, you know, that coaching staff that came with him from UCF. Yeah. But that's my point. Like things that worked down there, they might not work for us. And so it's like, you can't just put a like formula, the same formula into this team. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, like one of the biggest things is like the quarterbacks coach, like, I get he's like brilliant and stuff, but like, and and like like I said earlier, I I don't think everything is all on you know the quarterbacks and stuff. Um, but I, I've seen at least with Martinez, he's gone backwards. Like, yes. No, not- I 100% agree. So I'm like, that's not developing like, talent. <laughs> like he yeah, and he's like like I know he goes deep into like psychology and stuff, but whatever he's doing is not working. Like. Yeah. Adrian like really backfired on the talent and his, his mind is what's not like doing him any favors, like the decisions he makes and stuff, which honestly, yeah, the last couple of games, maybe he's gotten a little better, but like, since he was a freshman, no, I think it's gotten worse. So I don't know, but I, yeah, I just think it's stupid to like blame Scott for everything the way I see everyone doing. Um, yeah, he sure. He makes mistakes. He's not perfect. But, yeah, we're not going to get any better than him. So, like, just chill out with that. And I don't know. Well, it was a rough week 
we do take on Rutgers this Friday. Hopefully, maybe we can end on a on a high note. It's kind of a bummer that this was senior night, so maybe we can bounce back for the last did game of the you season. Guys see, um, did you guys see the pictures? Um, it was, like, later on in the evening. Like, everyone had gone home. Like, the stands were empty, and JoJo Doman was out in, like, the middle of the field in the M, in the end with his, like, he was, like, down on one knee with his, like, head down and stuff, and everyone thinks he's, like, he was saying goodbye. Like he won't come back. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I hate that because I feel like we actually (laughs) this year had a really good core group of seniors. I mean, Uh the past several years, it's kind of like, okay, so yeah, you know, I mean, they were recruited under a different coach or, you know, whatever. But this year I was just really feeling like we're going to miss a lot of these seniors if they choose not to come back, which I mean, I kind of. Why I mean, can't they could. Start, let's just do like a GoFundMe, like start one, <laughs> and they can take like pottery classes or something, and just like play one more year. Like, yeah. I like, don't know if our <laughs> our GoFundMe can pay them as much as they get in the NFL, but I do like the sentiment. No, but here's the thing: it's just one more year. Like, then they can go to the NFL. Well, and I mean, some of the seniors leaving though, I don't even think are going. Um, sure. So it's like just. Let's just, like, you know, lemonade stand. They can take, I don't know, what's, like, the easiest classes at UNL? Like, some PE? Probably <laughs> communications. <laughs> Shout out to you communication majors out there. Yeah, yeah. we really respect you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will, we'll see. It is It is a bummer, and it is sad. It'll be interesting to see who, who elects um, coming around since this was a kind of a free year. Um, I will say there was a, there was a few shining moments that helped me forget about Nebraska's loss and maybe fan bases that had an even worse weekend than us. So we'll start with the one that probably made me the happiest, uh, Colorado taking on Utah. So Colorado came in undefeated. They could have clinched. Um, I think it's, I think their division, like the South division or whatever it's called, but, um, with the win, <laughs> whatever that weird word is. Well, no, not that it's weird. It's nothing like creative, like the legends and leaders that we used to have. Um, I know. How can you tell that one? Um, But yeah, so Colorado came in undefeated and ended up losing to Utah. So I was pretty, pretty happy about that one. I didn't watch a lot of the game because it was on the same time, but. Right. Although it was really fun because it was snowing there. And so there, I mean, I know it was snowing in Nebraska too, but there was a lot of snow on the field. And I am just so tired of hearing people like praise Colorado and how wonderful they are um, and how they're like undefeated and all this stuff. So hopefully that's all come to an end now that they've lost. Yes. And with their loss, I believe USC then clinched. Um, yes, they did. So um, the other game that I want to talk about this one, this one blew my mind. I was so confused and it made me so annoyed because I'm like LSU was the laughing stock of, college football, and then they come in and upset Florida. Kyle Trask looked awful. I think he had mm-hmm. two interceptions, one fumble. They held out Pitts for some reason. Some, I think the rumor was maybe so that he could be completely healthy for Alabama. Yeah. Big mistake. <laughs> LSU looked like they had a defense. Maybe that like butt-chewing that Bo Pelini got last week got to him. I don't know, but I – this one shocked me. I kept thinking, oh, no, Florida will come back. Florida will come back. Florida will come back. And they never, like, it was. Well, it was like thing. a series, though, of very unlucky things that, like, 
kept happening to them. I mean, that one pick six, yeah, that wasn't good. But, like, the other interception, that fluke on the sideline where it bounces off a helmet and, like, I don't know. That was so great. I, um, I do have a joke, though. What is standing between Florida and a playoff spot? <laughs> I don't know why this makes me laugh so hard. Uh, um, what, Amy? <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> Say that again. Okay, we missed That's the punchline. Two. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I wondered if that was it. Yes. <laughs> But it actually, it was a shoe twice because it was the kicker shoe and yes, an actual shoe. Yes, I just want to say, I know everyone's talking about the shoe that was heaved down the field 20 yards. But 20 yards. Yes, 20 yards. I mean, a penalty for the 20-yard throw. If it was just like a five-yard toss, they'd probably let that go. But I like how the ref was. He really heaved it. it, yeah. He did. He sent it off into the into the distance it was like you couldn't even see it because of the fog it was like it just like disappeared into the like mist. Oh, no. okay goodbye <laughs> he'll never see that shoe again <laughs> i know probably couldn't um but yeah so everyone like remembers that play but a 57 yard field goal when it is that foggy like i couldn't even see the uprights from yeah. you know like where he was so i like that's all muscle memory yeah. That was and it's also hard like though. there's no there's nothing on him him. Like they don't it doesn't matter if they win this game or not. It it right. doesn't like nothing's writing on them. they they suck they've sucked all year long. It's a super long one. So again, mm-hmm. no pressure. And I think I don't know. And yeah, then, but I mean to get that close and then to not I mean to know you're this close to beating Florida. I mean I think there was some pressure. Yeah. I don't I feel they, like they were still tied. Like even if he misses, they still have a chance to to go to overtime or whatever. And okay, uh, I'm impressed with the kicker. So let the record show. <laughs> yeah, Amy, Amy, Amy Megan loves her kickers. So no, I'm not trying. He's like, I could do that with my eyes closed. <laughs> oh, I know. He's like, big deal. Never seven. I never with said no that. <laughs> I just think that. There was zero pressure on him for that. I think that's when, like, you make records because there's nothing writing on it. I guess. Okay. Anyway, I just I just wanted to say, everyone remembers the shoe, but, like, let's also remember a 57-yard field goal. Pretty impressive. That was in, impressive. In my opinion. Overall, it did kind of seem like, instead of saying, like, the clouds parted and the stars aligned for LSU, the clouds came together and the fog descended for them because... Mm-hmm. It did seem like, like you said, the interception, the 57-yard field goal, like they were really playing out of their butts. So, yeah, it was very interesting. I think Kyle Trask probably lost his Heisman uh, race. Maybe not confirmed, but I think he uh, took a huge hit with this game. So, yeah, I mean, it's a weird one. Yeah, it was a bad time for him to have a bad game because we really haven't seen him have a bad game, which, you know, you you do, like everyone has those games, but it came at a really bad time for him. I don't know if you guys heard Dan Mullen at halftime when they interviewed him before he went into the locker room. He Mm -hmm. all but like ripped that Heisman out of Kyle's hands. Like he was like, what's the problem? What's the problem? Well, we're missing read after read after read. We're inaccurate. Like... (laughs) Yeah. He just like completely the quarterback without is terrible. Yeah, without saying that in so many words, he was basically like, uh, "Kyle sucks." Yeah, so, thanks, yeah. coach. He was yeah. hot. Yeah, so that one, I, I don't know, that was a great game. It was very interesting. Um, I was really excited too because at the 
kind of running concurrently was a USC UCLA game, mm-hmm. and it looked like UCLA was going to pull the upset. So I was like, okay, I was like, you know what, Nebraska can't win. I want everyone else going down with us. And then you, ugh, UCLA, you have a huge kickoff return. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Um, and gotten really good field position and end up winning. So that was kind of a bummer, but yeah, I just think USC is now like in the hunt. I say in quote marks to get into the college football playoffs, but I'm like, they're not. Well, here's the thing. I think if Notre Dame wins, I think they've got a real shot because I think the committee would love to take someone from the PAC 12. Why? I mean, just to like spread the love around. I don't know. But here's what I'll say about USC. They're so incredibly resilient. I think the Husker team just needs to watch tape on the USC games from this season because they have pulled it out of their butt time (laughs) after time after time. It's like they are out of the game. Like UCLA was up by a lot, like two scores at least. And suddenly USC just makes this unbelievable run in the fourth quarter and wins the game. Like they've done this pretty much every game. It's unbelievable. So anyway, quite remarkable. I don't like USC, but I have a lot of respect for their mental toughness and their resilience. Yeah, kind of a bummer. The other big news from around the league is it is firing season. So it is now starting to come down. Uh, All the coaches that are leaving, uh, Kevin Sumlin after his uh, 70 to 7 performance, not shocking. Um, Gus Malzone is out at Auburn. Lovey Smith at Illinois. Which one surprised you guys the most? Lovey for sure. I Lovey Smith. And I just opened up my computer like 45 minutes ago and saw that and was like, what? what? I am shocked. Who who do they think they're going to get that's like... Maybe he needed Christmas off to play Santa. Maybe that's it. With the that beard. Yeah. That definitely makes more sense. Because I'm like, this yeah, is yeah. probably one of Illinois' best seasons ever. Like, I realize they've only won two games, but that's probably but two the, more than they usually win. But they're Illinois. You know, like, what are they expecting? I know. That's what I'm saying. It's two more than they usually win. <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, I don't know. I know that the, um, what's his face, that Liberty is saying that, like. Hugh Freeze? He's, yeah. yeah, that he's not, like, doesn't have any plans to leave or whatever. But I think if you get offered, like, a Power 5 coaching spot, especially when your, like, integrity is already kind of questionable, I think, he, like, he's definitely going to mm-hmm. take it wherever mm-hmm. he gets offered. I just don't know that Illinois can afford that. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he'll go there. I'm just saying, yeah. like. Yeah, because yeah. I know a lot of people at Auburn thought that for Auburn, but I don't think. I really don't understand how, yeah, Illinois can even afford, like, because was Levy's contract up? I don't, I mean, he was there five years, so I don't know what kind of contract he started with. I, just, I mean, it's probably not a lot longer. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, they don't have, like, I know we kind of went through, like, a turntable or turn, what is that phrase? A turnstile. Turnstile of coaching. <laughs> tables. A little merry-go-round. But, like, we have very deep pockets. Like, we can afford that. Um, yeah. They yeah. can't. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I don't what know. they're thinking there. Yeah. yeah, it's surprising for sure. Well, it'll be sad, too, to see the sweater vest go into retirement. Um, I think, and I'd have to double-check the number, but I think the buyout for Gus Mel's on somewhere in the $25 million mark. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure he's crying all the way to the bank. Well, both of these firings, like, I think have a lot to do with interstate, like, jealousy because Northwestern is going to the championship 
and Alabama is Alabama. And I think, you know, Auburn and Illinois are like looking at these other teams in the same state and like, oh, well, why can't we have that? You know, so because <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Auburn's the same way. I'm like, what are you? Yeah. How are you going to do better than right. I mean, he has the best record against Saban of any power five coach? I think you think you're going to do better than that Auburn, I but they're going to try by firing him is starting off on the course we took mm-hmm. when we fired like Frank Solich, because it's just like, yeah, you can't really recover. Like, I don't know what more you're wanting at some point. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a big mistake for them, but I also kind of like Gus Malzahn. Jared will absolutely lose it when he hears that, but um, I don't, I think he's a fairly good coach. I think Auburn made a big mistake, but time will tell. I remember that one time you told me you had a crush on Gus Malzahn. What? I didn't. <laughs> You're such a turd. <laughs> that is like so far from the truth. Okay. I knew it. I knew it. That's, That's like so the funny. best part of my day so far. <laughs> well, moving on from that. Um, let's take a look at last week's picks. So... There's a couple wash games in here. Um, Washington, Oregon ended up getting canceled. So there was really only about three games that did get played. I actually um, kind of really wanted to see that one. Like yeah, for I, 12, I was interested in it, kind of. Yeah, and then Tulsa, Cincinnati, they are playing on 12-19. So we're going to throw the Nebraska-Minnesota game out. Um, mm-hmm. So really two games. <laughs> um <laughs> And what I ended up winning. Woo-hoo! So I will take my two game wins. I got I got 100% though. So um, UNC played Miami. I picked okay. UNC. I was not thinking it would be as dominant of a performance as it was. Derek King looked frazzled all day. Yeah, I did not see that coming at all. I was shocked. It was, uh, first of all, it was a no defense game. But secondly, yeah, I. I was pretty shocked at how badly UNC beat Miami. It just to me seems like UNC, if their offense is clicking, they they should have been they shouldn't have had the three losses that they did. It just seemed like they, maybe they struggled with inconsistency because they looked real good. Mm-hmm. So UNC did upset Miami. Um, kind of interesting to think about too is you know if Miami had won the game and Notre Dame hadn't joined the ACC conference, would they be playing? Um, the what if, but yeah. they lost. So, oh, well, um, the other game that it didn't surprise me, um, but Wisconsin looked way worse than I thought. So Wisconsin yeah. played Iowa did. and ugh, yeah, Wisconsin just didn't look like Wisconsin at all. We did not lose to Iowa that badly. So it kind of That's frustrates right. me that Wisconsin has won as many games as we have. And yet they're like ranked really far ahead of us because their win percentage is better just because they haven't played games. Like, because right. they chose not to play games. Like they didn't even have to not play them. They just chose not to. It's like really unfair that they're so rewarded unfair. basically for not playing games. Because, yeah. Because they're clearly worse than us. Like, I'm not saying that we, we need to go to the championship game or anything, but I'm like, we are better than Wisconsin. Yeah. I just, I thought they have, I think it was what was it 21 seven or 14 seven 
and they blo- and that Iowa kicker muffed the punt. First of all, the announcers are so stupid. The announcers are like, oh, what quick thinking to, to, to like, get the ball out of there. I'm like, you can't put a ball on the ground, run up to it, and kick it. It's not a penalty kick. Like, what are you smoking? <laughs> We're playing soccer. Um, but anyways, then when they couldn't get in the end zone after that, I'm like, yeah, this game is over. And then it just got blown way out of hand. But um, yes, talk about the Iowa kicker. <laughs> I mean, the Iowa player yeah. doing his flip. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's another life lesson for kids out there. Like, don't throw other people's shoes. And also, don't do a flip into the end zone. <laughs> because it's real hard on the ankles. And yeah. you could roll it and injure yourself. So, Ference's face after that happened. <laughs> He's was like, oh my gosh. He was so livid. That was so funny. I know. I... That was the funniest thing I saw all day. I was, like, dying. I cannot believe that still. I was like, are you... What? Oh my gosh. You can tell, like, mid-flip, too. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> well, you could see how he, like, landed, but he had way more momentum than he, like, thought he did. And mm-hmm. so, like, yep. carried him over, and his foot snapped. And you can see his foot, like, under him, like, bending. And, and like, then, like, flopped. when he lands, yeah. that's when you can see his face. And he reaches for his foot. And then, like, you know, he's like, okay, you have to get up. You can't just, like, lay here and be injured yeah. from that. So he got up, and, like, that limp over to the yeah. side. Like, you could tell that took everything in him to like know, get, get over there walking. Nothing is yeah. wrong here. Oh my gosh! So but yeah, funny. they put him in a boot, but apparently it's 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 like ankle injury, but it's just precautionary. I'm like, right, mm-hmm. right. Trying to which is why they they like wheeled him into the locker room asap. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my gosh, that was the that was so funny. I was just like, yeah, okay, all right then, sir. But anyways. So, yeah, so those were our two, two games um, from this week. So I'll take the W. Um, thank you. Thank you. Two for two. <laughs> not not yes. too You're just like Wisconsin. <laughs> I know. I really tried hard, guys. Um, so for this week's picks, uh, we have a handful of games to choose from. Um, the first one is number 11, Oklahoma, taking on number 7, Iowa State. Well... You know how I feel about things this year. I know. Um, here's the thing, though. Um, I, <laughs> I'm picking Oklahoma now. <laughs> yeah. What, we know you how say? you feel, but... I'm not going to. I'm going to stick with my dark horse because I'm loyal like that. But it is going to be, like, really, really a lot harder for them to win, you know, the second time around than it was the first. Um, they're going to have to not have any mistakes, no turnovers. Um I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna stick with them. I think they got a shot, but it's gonna be a lot harder this time. Okay. Well, I will go with Oklahoma. I realize that that's a little bit of a risk, just because we never know how Spencer Rattler is gonna be playing. But I'll anticipate a good game from him, and I'll say Oklahoma. Okay. I'm gonna go with Iowa State. Um, they have looked really good. Down the stretch, I think Oklahoma is going to be very tough to beat. But I think overall, Iowa State is a more complete team. So if they can put it all together. Did you ever think you would be saying those words? Yeah, it's weird. It's like, yeah. It's a more complete team. Than Oklahoma? Yeah. No, because Oklahoma's never had a defense. (laughs) But I I do think that Iowa State can beat Oklahoma again. It will be tough. I do agree. Um... Next game, number 19, Louisiana, taking on number 13, Coastal Carolina. I'm going to go with Louisiana. Okay. I'll go with Coastal Carolina. 
they're really impressing me. I mean, they have more wins than any other team. Like, they've played more games. They almost lost this week, I will say. I know, but they did rally, and they came back at the very end. So, I don't know. I'll go with with Coastal Carolina. Okay, this is where it gets hard. (laughs) Okay, I knew I couldn't go a whole podcast without that happening. This is my thing. Like, the Raging Cajuns, that's who, they beat Iowa State at the beginning of the year, didn't they? Yes. Okay. And I think Iowa State's, like, a good team. Like, I know it's first game. Maybe they, like, look past them because they're, like, it's... But I think they're both quality teams, and I don't think that's, like, it's 2020, so maybe that's why, because, you know, you don't think Coastal Carolina or Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina just because I think they have, like, a really good defense. Um for them but I wouldn't be surprised either way I don't know I'm kind of on the fence with this one so so who did you pick Coastal Carolina okay like me but I don't feel good about it (laughs) okay well noted um number three Clemson versus number two Notre Dame Clemson yeah I think Clemson's gonna win I will be cheering for Notre Dame because I really don't want two teams from the ACC but I just don't see how Notre Dame beats Clemson again. I don't, like I was, I was so surprised the first time that I'm like, surely it won't happen a second time. But like, I mean, here's I the thing: I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna like have a huge game and like clinch his Heisman, even though he like mm-hmm. didn't really have to do much to earn it this year because I think it was his to lose anyway. But I think he's like such a competitor. I really do think the kid is like a very good competitor, mm-hmm. and he's going to be on a mission just to like you know, carry the team. Yeah. And um, I think it could be like a sizable win. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, although I will say Clemson, their defense in particular has not impressed me this year, which is weird because they're usually like so strong on defense, but um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see Notre Dame putting it all together. Like I, again. I think they literally had the best game last time when Trevor Lawrence was out and it's just like I mean besides that one fumble that Ian Book had in the end zone like pretty much everything else went their way and yeah I just don't see everything going as well for them this time all right what about you Laura I'm going to also take Clemson I think it's just hard to beat a team twice regardless plus like I said Trevor Lawrence is back and not that Uliunga Lele looked bad because he still had pretty good completion. I think there's just more of a flow to the team when mm-hmm. you have your starting quarterback back. So I think Clemson will win. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think it'll be comfortable. Maybe 10 to 13 point win. Um, so I'm going to go with Clemson. Number 14, Northwestern taking on number four, Ohio State. Before we get to our picks, what are you guys' thoughts on the Big Ten removing the seven game or the the needed number of games to get in. It's complete crap. (laughs) I mean, if I were Indiana, like I would be upset. There was no reason for them to ever even make that rule. No one, you didn't need to make that rule at the beginning of the season. You know, they just threw it out there. Like I have no idea what the motivation was and them saying, Oh, and you also have to play this many games. It's like, okay, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have no idea what's going to happen. You've already flip-flopped like three times on everything you've said. So why are you throwing out this arbitrary rule? Like no other conference had that kind of a rule. What was the point of that? And then, of course, they changed it because 
That's their darling. Just a joke, yeah, because they but have it's to play like, Ohio State. But it's like so many issues more than just like that stupid rule. It's like when we wanted to play and mm-hmm. they wouldn't let us pick a, up a game. Ohio State could have picked up a game if they had mm-hmm. not been like yep. idiots. Um, they could have not made the stupid like you're allowed to quit and have it be a no contest. That's a forfeit if you haven't hit the threshold of COVID cases and you just decide not to play, you're forfeiting. That's a win for the other team. Like that would have given Ohio state enough games. Like there's so many things. It was just so horribly ran by like all these people that think they're like above all the other conferences and they're like stuffy little, um, doctor coats and everything like get out of here. Yeah. It's really hard to be a fan of a team in the big 10 and also hate the Big Ten. <laughs> like, I'm just like, we need to get out. We need to, like, go somewhere else, like, where <laughs> our philosophy is more in line with the other institutions' philosophies. I just don't feel like it's a good fit. Like, we're finding out this year that, like, it's clearly, we just don't think oh. the same way. And the Big Ten is the worst. And so I hate that. Where and would you guys like to go I would like, you know what? I would like to go to the SEC. You were really hoping that announcement that they were coming out with. You're like, please let it be the I was. Like, Greg Sankey was going to make a big announcement. I was like, please, please. I hope Bill Moose is like behind you know, the scenes. Why like, is that? Is that because you want to drink alcohol at the games? Or yes. you just think yeah. our fan base fits better with theirs? I think our fan base fits better with theirs. They're like the most passionate. Like, okay, you go to the yeah. Pac-12, no one cares about football. You go to, you know, the Big Ten, they're all stuffy, like pretentious, like pretend like they care about things. All about basketball. Yes. Then you go to ACC, it's all about basketball. And I'm like, the SEC, like, they love football. You know, there's never a question of them having a season or not. Like, they were going to do it. And I just think we would so fit in culturally you didn't a lot mention better. the Big 12 going back there. Is that just because of Texas? Yes, because we've tried that, and Texas is a bully. And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> if Texas left and, like, the old their- bully. Yeah, they really are. Like, Texas should go to the Pac-12 or something. Here's here's why the Big 12 is kind of attractive to me, though, is that there is no defense. And our offense could get a really good, like, morale boost. And I do think they have, some like, a passionate fan base as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe, yeah, maybe not as much as the SEC. Mm -hmm. um, But I think a lot of that passion comes from the alcohol they're allowed to have in the stadium. So, you know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like, I would be open to revisiting the Big 12. I definitely think it was big, better than the Big 10. The oh. problem is Texas and the way that they, yeah. like, suck I everyone's agree. money. That's just right. not fair. And they ran the – yeah, they were they were bullies. They just ran the conference. Yeah. And so, it, yeah. yeah. Anyway. But I wouldn't – that's interesting – to think about joining the SEC well, because, because then they, we would get bias. Then it's just like, oh, maybe Nebraska's yeah. you know coming up because they're beating, mm-hmm. you know, Vanderbilt and um, yeah. you know, Arkansas. <laughs> and we're like struggling Tennessee. Or <laughs> like uh, well, Kentucky. Oh yeah, okay. let's give a shout out to Sarah Fuller for making some points in the game that's yesterday funny. against right. Tennessee. I like. I think that's funny, but anyway, that, that is that's history. Definitely. Congratulations. Power, first Power Five. There's obviously been other women to do it. They just didn't play in the Power Five conferences. So, yeah. Congrats to Sarah. Um, I <laughs> Did you see her mom in the stands? It was really cute. Uh-huh. Her mom was, like, super nervous for the first one because um, she kicked two of them, didn't she? Yep. She had and, two extra points. And um, when she kicked the first one, the, her mom was, like, hanging on the dad's arm. She was, like, super nervous. And then she, like, 
when she made it, it was like this big, big deep breath. And then she was super, like super happy. It was really cute. The way it's going with kickers this year, they aren't gimmies anymore. So yeah, good for, good for her. Um, yeah. Going back to the big tens decision. I, here's the thing. I don't love Ohio state, but I don't have anything against them. They were crucial in getting the season started. I think they're the best team. I want them to play. Um, but I'm just like, it goes back to the fact that like the big 10 did that to themselves. Cause like mm-hmm. Megan said, like, first of all, there was no reason to have that rule. That's so stupid because the CFP doesn't even have those rules. Right. And then secondly, they screwed themselves because they didn't let Nebraska play a game. So they couldn't come in and be like, okay, Oh, and I bet Ohio State, honestly, and maybe maybe not. But I'm like, wouldn't Ohio State want to play, like, another game? One, to make them look better regardless, but two, to get more time on the field? Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah. they couldn't do that because, again, they had pigeonholed themselves like idiots. So, right. well, I and don't know. Like, the college football um, playoff committee, like, they are taking into account, mm-hmm. you know, strength of schedule and how many games you've played and all of that. And I just look at a conference like the SEC that they've set their teams up for success. Like, they yep. had bye weeks built in. They let them play. They were, like, flexible the whole season. They started earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then you look at the Big Ten. Big Ten screwed over everyone, including Ohio State, their darling, that they're doing yep. everything they can to, you know, put them in the playoffs now. But I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, you really hurt them. Like, Ohio State is... Yeah. Yeah, like they're not I starting th- off with a, I you know, any kind of advantage. The, I don't think there's any way the playoff committee doesn't put them in. Like, yeah, I don't either. As long as they don't I'm, have a loss. But right. they did screw them over in like time on the field experience. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's huge. And when you only have played five games going into your, that's like yeah. less than half of, right? Like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, we shall see. I do think Ohio State will get in if they can win. This week's game coming up. Um, who do you guys have? Northwestern versus Ohio State. Uh, gonna go with Ohio State. Yeah, same Z's. And I know you can't go with the like matchup system all the time, but like we honestly almost beat Northwestern. It was really close, and yeah, we did not almost beat Ohio State. So I mean, I know we hung with them in the first half and stuff, but unless oh unless everything goes like perfectly for Northwestern and Ohio State just has like error after error, mm-hmm. then. It's Ohio State. I I agree. I think Ohio State will be just fine against Northwestern. Um, so we will see. But yeah, excited. There'll be some conference games coming up this weekend. We'll uh, we'll have a Friday game to watch. And like I said, hopefully we can end on a winning note. So we'll talk to you guys all next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content.